Welcome to episode 57 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. This week, we begin our series with the Eastern Illinois Hall of Fame class for 2021. Our guest this week was a standout performer in two sports during her time in Eastern Illinois, Renee Hutchinson. She was a multiple-time All-Ohio Valley Conference selection as a member of both the Panthers volleyball and softball teams. Renee finished her career in both sports ranked in the top 10 in several career categories. Today, she talks about her experience playing both sports and catches us up on her life post-Eastern Illinois. We are now in Season 2 of EIU Panthers Podcast. Previous episodes are available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Simply search EIU Panthers Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio Podcasts. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Panther Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit Consolidated.com today. This week in EIU Panther Athletics, conference play opens for most of the Panthers' fall sports teams as the football and volleyball teams begin Ohio Valley Conference play on the road. Men's soccer will host St. Thomas to open Summit League action on Saturday at Lakeside Field, followed by the women's soccer program kicking off OVC play against Moorhead State on Sunday afternoon, also at home. Congratulations to EIU cross-country runners Dustin Hatfield and Lindsey Carlson, who were named the OVC Male and Female Runners of the Week, the second time this season that EIU has swept those two awards. Be sure to stay up to date on all things EIU this school year by visiting EIUPanthers.com, the official athletic website of Eastern Illinois Athletics. You can also follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with 2021 EIU Athletic Hall of Fame inductee, Renee Hutchinson. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We are going to start our Hall of Fame series here for our class of 2021. And our first guest will be Renee Hutchinson Pierce. And I have to do the full name seeing as Renee is married. (laughs) uh, Renee is a... It'll be a name that people will know, and, and Pierce is the last name they'll know as well. Your husband, Alex Pierce, was also an athlete here at Eastern. So thanks for making time for us. We are doing yeah. this bright and early on a uh, a Wednesday morning for the for the podcast. Yeah, glad to be here. So Renee, I guess first of all, we'll catch everybody up on what you're doing. You're 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 bright and early. You're up not only because you have you and Alex have a have a three year old, but also because. You, you kind of followed it. You said in your mom's footsteps of being a, a teacher. Is that I, when you were here at Eastern, it's a teacher's college. Is that kind of was always the path or is that somewhere along the way you just decided, hey, that's kind of where my niche is? Um, I At some point in high school, um, I had decided I, I actually growing up for a long time wanted to be an architect. So math was kind of always the center of what I wanted to do. Um, but at some point in high school, I just, it just kind of felt right to want to become a teacher. Um, so from the moment that I stepped foot on Eastern's campus, I knew that I wanted to teach math. Um, and it kind of, kind of bounced back and forth between middle school and high school. Uh, high school is where I ended up. So I'm at, I'm at Carmel High School now. This is my seventh year um, teaching geometry specifically. Um, Carmel's a gigantic school. So there's our whole, our, our math department has 45, 48 teachers in it, um, which is some bigger than some schools yeah. and just in general. Um, so I've been teaching geometry for, for this is, like I said, my seventh year and I'm loving, loving every minute of it. So 
Now, do you find that that is a, and I'm not a math person by any means, so this is, so I'm, I'm definitely speaking terms that I, I don't necessarily know here, but I know there are, there's geometries, there's trigonometries, the calculus is all the ones I, I struggled in a, to get through to in high school that you didn't have to graduate, <laughs> but do you find having a specialty there where you're only, like you said, coaching in or teaching in geometry, does that lend itself to you maybe helping to be able to identify with the kids a little bit more because you can just focus on that one subject? Yeah. Um, I being able to focus on one subject is super helpful because I've been in the last, the last six years, I've been able to really kind of, kind of narrow, narrow my focus to, Hey, this one particular, one particular strategy works for the majority of students. This one particular strategy does not. Um, I've been able to try things with one one group of kids that, hey, this went really well, so I'm going to do this again next year. Um, but I've also done things where it's completely blown up in my face in class. And it's like, okay, we will definitely be making some changes next time we try that. Um, but being able to focus on one specific subject area, for me, um, I've been able to kind of take a step back from the content and be able to focus on connecting with the kids more, which um, we've been doing a lot of professional development here and really connecting with the kids on a personal level actually helps them learn. Um, and I'm sure, sure that the education students at Eastern are probably doing some similar stuff, but getting to know the kids personally helps them stay motivated and, and, kind of engage with the content more. So it's been nice to focus on that one subject and kind of kind of have not necessarily the content take a back seat, but I don't have to stress so much about that since I do know it well. Um, and I can kind of have fun, have fun with the kids and get them excited about math because goodness knows that not all of them are excited when they yes, when they walk yes. into my classroom. <laughs> yes, I, can, I, I can attest to that. I would be one of those that would be not uh, super excited about having, having yes. to do that. Um, and I, I frequently say that uh, if everybody likes math, I wouldn't even have a job. So that's true. So I I sympathize with those that don't like math or are not strong in math. Um, but I look I look forward to the kids that walk in that I I kind of get to build their confidence a little bit. So and what I've what I've noticed in math and I, I I what I have found in my career doing media relations and and stats is that I do math I do math in a different manner. So it's so it's just different types of math speak differently to, to different people. And I think what, what you'll find is everybody has math every day. You have to balance your checkbook. Yeah. Some people don't balance their checkbooks, of course, but, um, <laughs> but it, it's in every facet of your life. It's just a matter yeah. to which, which degree you kind of, it clicks for you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I, I asked that because I, I think that's one of those things where you talked about you able to engage with the students. Everybody's coming through COVID right now. I know teachers, they probably had it rough just like students did. My, I have a son that's in high school and he struggled yeah. immensely with the, uh, the remote learning aspect. With math in particular, did you find that you had to maybe come up with some new strategies to really kind of keep kids engaged and focused when that was probably going to be the farthest thing from their mind when they were going through some of these situations? Yeah. Um, the, gosh, in 2020, when we went full totally shut down. Um, it was, it was a struggle because the kids, the kids felt that, Oh, summer break started early. I don't have to do anything. And so really trying to 
uh, just be, be there for the kids and not necessarily like, Hey, hi everybody. Okay. Now let's get to math. It was just, Hey, how are you doing? Like, what can I do to help you right now? I know we can't be together physically, but if you need to talk about something, if you need to, you need to get something off your chest, if you have something that you're concerned about, um, really just being there for the kids. Um, obviously we still had to push assignments out and, and work with them in math, but just, just letting the kids know like, Hey, we're struggling with this. It's okay. If you're struggling with it, um, that, that seemed to help most of the kids know that we were all, even though we weren't together, we were all together. And the fact that this pandemic is rough. Um, so then last school year, Carmel High School had what was called, they had a, they had a 100% virtual option um, for families that weren't comfortable sending their, their families, to, their students to school. Um, but then we also had a hybrid option where the first half of the alphabet was one cohort and they were in person while the second half was virtual. And then the next day they flip-flopped. Right. And um, that was, it was a lot of work. It was interesting um, giving giving the kids that work to do at home. Um, and it was, honestly, it was a crapshoot whether the yeah. kids actually did the work or not, um, which is frustrating. But again, a lot of the students, whether they're high income, low income, suburban, urban, rural, like whatever, um, just realizing that they have stuff going on at home that is out of their control. And so really trying to understand and work with them when we have them, like, that was that was big and like I said frustrating because not all of them do have a lot going on um, that would prevent them from doing 20 minutes of work at home for math um, but it was it was a struggle so I'm, I'm glad to be back in person we are fully we are in person um, with masks which some students throw their arms up at, but you know, it, if, if I have to wear a mask and I can teach my kids every day, um, I'm going to put that, that darn mask on and be excited to be here. So. Now that, that's good to hear. And so one of the reasons we'll, we'll have you as our guest here is you're one of our hall of fame inductees for this upcoming year. You were a two sport athlete here at Eastern in softball <laughs> and in volleyball. What I've asked Last year, when we did the series of, of podcasts with the Hall of Fame inductees, my first question to them is, what was kind of your reaction as you got that phone call from, from EIU to say, hey, you're being inducted this year? Uh, it's, it's funny. I was actually, I had missed um, Tom Michael's first call because I was trying to put Jameson to bed oh. and he was being a little, <laughs> he was being a little stinker and was not going to, to bed very easily. Um, but I listened to the voicemail and I told, I told Alex, my, my husband, he, he was the, the football player. Um, I told him, I was like, Tom Michael just called me. And he was like, Eastern's athletic director. And I was like, yeah. And Alex immediately knew he was like, you're being inducted into the hall of fame. And I was like, ah, I don't think so. I don't think that's it. Um, but then he gave me the news and it was, it was so surreal. Like even now I'm like getting chills and just thinking like, holy cow. Like I was, I was just there. I was there to get an education. I was there to play some, play some ball. Um, and so to even be, even be considered or even be in conversations to be considered was a huge, huge honor. And then obviously getting selected to, to be inducted was, 
it was it was pretty crazy, surreal. And I uh, I shared shared the news with my mom and my dad, um, and they were they were both over the moon excited. My in laws were excited, and I it was funny. I called. I've got two two younger brothers, and I called them both. And I was like, you can't say anything until it's public. Like you can't. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan, my youngest, he was like, what am I supposed to, like, what am I supposed to do with that information? How am I supposed to keep that a secret? Like, so they, but everybody did good. Everybody did good. It was a secret until it wasn't anymore. And so, but man, what an honor, what an honor. Now you mentioned, yeah, for you in particular, we want to try to have family members keep that, that news quiet. Mattoon for people that, that aren't familiar is just really a stone's throw away from, yeah. from Charleston. It's about eight miles. It's they, the, the two towns have a rivalry with each other, but a lot of the students and, and people grow up knowing each other. Uh, we do these, these podcasts, we tape them on zoom over your shoulder. I could see your Mattoon high school yeah. um, thing. Yeah. And the, the glare I've yeah. got my, <laughs> my Eastern, my female athlete of the year plaque is up there also. Got, I got to let the kids know I was, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty good back in my prime. <laughs> But I, I, I bring up the Mattoon part and, and the fact that a lot of times kids that are from Charleston High School or Mattoon High School, especially athletes, Eastern's mm-hmm. not a, a school they necessarily look at. It's an option that that I don't want to say is a fallback option. Sometimes they've grown up in the area. They want to get away. Right. What was it about coming to Eastern that that attracted you to make you not want to look to move out of the area? Well, I, I got to tell you, it's funny that you mentioned that because middle school and even even early high school I was like no I'm gonna I'm gonna go away I'll move away this is good but I again something just felt like hey I need to stay close and I I can't explain what it was um but I had looked I guess the beginning before my senior year of high school um I went to a softball camp at Illinois State and they had offered me and I was like, you know, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't feel like the fit. Like it was, it was great. It was a great school. Coaches were great. Um, the camp was wonderful, but it just didn't, it didn't feel it. Um, I went on a visit to the university of Illinois and their, their volleyball coach talked to me and he was like, Hey, like, we'd love to have you, but it was, it didn't feel like the right fit. And And it was in late October, I think, maybe early November that, well, gosh, it wouldn't have been that late in the season, October sometime. um, The former coach, Alan, Alan Siegel, and then assistant coach, Kate Price came. They watched one match. I played awful. I played absolutely. It was just atrocious. But then they were like, hey, we want you to come on a visit. And... It, it just felt like that's where I belonged. Um, it was, I, I think Illinois State and University of Illinois, while they're great schools and they would have would have given me a phenomenal education, they were they were big, they were huge. And Eastern, the, the size, just, it felt like home. And so I, I felt comfortable on campus. Um, Alan and Kate both made me feel like I was going to be a valued member of the team um, and just 
it felt good. And I, I, di- I didn't even have like, they, they might've called two days later, maybe even the next day. And was like, Hey, what, what are you thinking? And, and I, I told them then I was like, yes, I, I want to come to Eastern. I want to play for you. Um, so really, really finding that fit of where you're going to feel valued as an athlete and as a student versus just you personally finding that fit is really, really so important. And Eastern gave that to me. So now I, I mentioned that you, you talked, you hit on both of the two sports you're being inducted for your um, kind of a, not a rarity that people play multiple sports. We do have kids that run cross country and track. And I know those are technically considered separate sports, but volleyball and, and softball, when I would think of those, they would be probably two of the more extreme sports in terms of <laughs> difference from each other. The, but when you think about it, the seasons line up to where yeah. a high school athlete in particular, which is you were a good high school athlete, both you can play one in the fall, you can play one in the spring. Yeah. Did, did you have a feeling as to which of the two you thought you might want to pursue in college? Um, I think after Illinois State, after the softball camp, um, after they offered me and it didn't like super excite me, like I was excited, I was honored, I was grateful. But after, after that experience, that really solidified, like, Hey, I volleyball is it. Like I want to pursue volleyball. Um, but goodness, I could not thank coach Shooty enough for stopping me in the hallway of Lance arena and saying, Hey, do you want want to try it? Do you want to try it? See how it goes. (laughs) Um, because I, it, what an experience. I, I don't even know if I could put into words what the experience was like. Now you, you go through that and, and in high school, you figure out ways to balance that. But in yeah. college, anybody that, that has been a college athlete or even just watch college athletes, you know how much work you're having to put in for one sport. Now you're going to double that when you're going to try to be an athlete in, in two varsity sports at the college. Level. Right. Right. Boy. Um, Kate and coach Shooty, and then my, my senior year coach Nicholson. Um, so grateful for them working with me, um, and, and helping me balance that because if they would not have been, um, understanding and flexible and just willing to let me explore both options, um, there's no way that I would have been able to do it. Um, uh, but, Basically, in the in the fall when I was in volleyball season, I I was in volleyball season and Coach Shooty knew that um, I was still lifting, I was still doing conditioning, I was still active. Um, as soon as volleyball season was over, I'd start on the softball workouts. Um, and and Kate understanding that hey, when it's softball season, it's softball season. She's still lifting, she's still conditioning, she's still working out, um, and being able to let me be in season was, was huge. Um, and then obviously as soon as softball was over, volleyball workouts would pick up in the summer and we just do it all over again. Um, but I, I don't, I cannot put into words that just the, the willingness to work with me and the, the, again, the flexibility, um, to just let me, let me be an athlete and let me have fun playing both sports was, really what contributed that, that that allowed the whole experience to happen. So thank you to them. (laughs) 
Now, one of the reasons you didn't just play both sports, Renee, one of the reasons you're being inducted into the Hall of Fame and all-conference selection in, in both sports in volleyball and in softball, you rank in the top 10 in several categories in, in both of those sports. So it's not like you were just part of the team and, right. and happy to do that. And I don't want to make you pick because that there, there's probably, you know, favorite moments, things you liked about both. But I mm-hmm. guess, do you have a a favorite moment from each sport? That way we'll be democratic here. <laughs> uh, from each sport, yes. Um, I will never forget my 1,000th dig. I was a senior. We were playing at Belmont. And... I guess at the time I didn't even like in the, in the middle of the match, I didn't obviously focus on the match, had no idea. But after the match, Kate, Kate told me, and I was like, Oh crap. Holy, holy crap. Like, wow. What, how cool is that? Um, and ironically enough at Belmont on my would have been 22nd birthday had two, two bombs, two home runs back to back. And that just so both both of those like monumental moment for volleyball getting getting a thousand digs and I I had already had a thousand kills at that point so being able to reach that point um, as an athlete was incredible it was wonderful and then two, just two absolute bombs back to back on my birthday even so <laughs> well, those are good. those those are definitely good memories there yeah now we, we talk about both those sports and you, you kind of alluded to what positions you played. You were an outside hitter for volleyball, but mm-hmm. in, in the system that you guys played, you were an all rotation player. I'm, I'm learning how volleyball works. The players <laughs> come on and off and yeah. there, there are different systems there. Um, softball, a, a first baseman, was there a different, they're definitely different sports, but also different positions and roles that you took with it in each one of those sports. Did you have to kind of, set yourself up maybe mentally different to approach each sport? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Volleyball is definitely more of a constant, very fast paced, um, turn the page and nearly every second. um, Because if you dwell on something too long, you're, you're tanked. Like you'll just, you'll just tank real fast. Um, and so- softball is obviously you need to turn the page and move on from mistakes, but you've got a little bit of time in softball um, to kind of to collect, to re- refresh, regather yourself. Um, so volleyball definitely was just go, 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 make a mistake, learn from it, immediately apply it to the next play. Um, Whereas softball was, was kind of, it was a lot easier to get into your head um, because you could, you could sit and dwell. Um, But as, as a first baseman, you have the potential to be a part of every single play. Um, If there's ground ground ball, it's coming to you. Um, But you're going to move any, any sort of thing. So, so in that aspect, taking a couple seconds between every pitch was nice to be like, okay, it's fine. Move your feet this way, whatever. Um, but volleyball very much. So even if you weren't a part of every play physically, um, helping, helping the teammates with, with your voice, with my voice was something that, um, especially as a six rotation outside hitter, I had to be, on all the time. 
And um, obviously there were times when I was not, and that's okay. That's okay. That's what the rest, that's what, that's what the teammates are for um, to, to give, to give me a little break, but yeah, very, very different mentally, I think um, in terms of just how, how quickly the game is played. And the other thing that you mentioned there, and I was going to kind of lead into this, is your roles on both teams was, were a little bit different too, partly on the makeup of the teams, but also in, in how you were recruited. You were recruited really an outside hitter in volleyball is the one who does try to score points. You were one of the yeah. lead attackers when you were there. So you were, I don't want to say the go-to player, but the way yeah. your offense was set up, that would have been the way you were. Softball right. is a little bit more dynamic in the fact that you, you, you've got – eight or nine ladies on the team that all have roles in the lineup. How did you, we, we talked about the mental part of it, but from a leadership and being the quote, the guy or the girl part yeah. of the team, how did you adjust to each one of those roles in each sport? Um, volley, volleyball, I think was a harder adjustment for me just because I am, it was, it was hard for me to be vocal as vocal as what I should have been. Um, and really kind of growing into that role by the time that I was a senior of being like, Hey, yes, you are the go-to. And even if you're not playing well, you are the person that people look to on the court in times of, in times of trouble in times of need. Um, was was a harder adjustment for me and just because i i don't see myself as a a vocal person um and so growing growing into that role was was a struggle and i i think kate if kate was on here she would she would probably agree <laughs> that um growing into that that leadership role was 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 a was an adventure we'll say an adventure um but the soft softball like you said one of one of nine on the field at a time and only one person is up to bat um didn't feel the need to be as oh as vocal i guess because the other eight girls on the field around me um were there to be vocal also um, and I don't, I don't think I was quite, I, I say this, I don't think I was quite the go-to big playmaker in softball as I was considered in volleyball. Um, like, yeah, there were, there were times where I was up to bat in big situations and I either came through or I didn't, but that could have been any one, yeah. any one of the players on the team. Um, so more, I would, I would say on the court, I was more, more viewed as a leader on the volleyball court. Um, but more, and it was the same for volleyball, but more of like a role model type of student athlete for the softball team. Um, I guess, I don't know. Well, Renee, I appreciate your time. A couple more questions here for you, I guess we'll, we'll, as people we mentioned already, your husband, Alex Pierce, he played football here. He was an offensive lineman on some really good football teams here. Jimmy mm -hmm. would have been the quarterback at the time. People will know yeah. his name. 
you've got a little bit of an extra bragging right now, I guess. Have you, have you relished that at home? Did you, um, have you thrown that in Alex's face a little bit? Like I'm, I'm the hall of famer now. You need to well, do the dishes. You need Alex, to do some extra work. I, I, uh, I, I don't think that I have to, to do that myself, but Alex is, Alex is still pretty hard on himself. And he's like, man, like you're getting all this recognition and I didn't. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like okay, you know what? But Alex, you, he, like you said, he was part of phenomenal football teams. Um, and what, what an opportunity to block for Jimmy Garoppolo for all four years. Like, how cool is that? And obviously the recognition is, is great, but it's the experience really. That's, that's the important part. And he, he is a little bummed out. <laughs> that I am in the hall of fame and he is not, but you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Now you guys also mentioned you've got a, a, a three-year-old there and mm -hmm. he's, he's a, he's a boy. So we, we will, we will mention that. So football is probably, or those types of sports are probably more in, in his path. Have you already kind of figured out what kind of sports mom you're going to be? I think your parents were, were very, I think if, if I'm not mistaken, your mom was actually your high school coach and and volleyball and I know your I know your dad and your brothers are are big sports people as well. Yeah. As a now a Hall of Famer, do you feel like you're <laughs> going to be intense right on top of it or do you think you're going to take that step back and hey, let's let them kind of figure this out approach? Um I as much as I say I want to be the second one, we'll see how it goes. He is only three and a half, so he's got another year or two before he's able to get involved in anything. Um, but yeah, my, my mom being my high school coach, my, my dad coached my Mattoon pride summer softball teams for freaking, I don't even know how many, how many years did I play? Like, um, and he, he also coached some basketball teams here and there for me. So I definitely want to be involved. Um, I am finding now, I, I actually coached at Carmel for, I think it was four, four years. Okay. Um, had had Jameson and then coached one more year and decided, you know what, being a teacher and a coach and now a mom, so, something was, I, it, I was not a hundred percent in any, any one of those yeah. three things. So I had, had to step away. And obviously I, my son is an angel and he's wonderful and I'm not going to not be his mother. <laughs> so um, I decided, did decide to step away from coaching. And what I'm finding is the kids specialize so early. And so I really want him. I want his name is Jamison. I want him to play soccer and run around like little, little puppies after a ball. And I want him to try football. If he wants, if he wants to play baseball or tennis or golf or just sweat, like, I, I don't care. I want him to be active. Yeah. I want him to be involved in something, but I really, really want him to explore what he's passionate about. And I, I'm going to credit my multi-sportness to um, the fact that I could play two sports in college. I was a, a year ago, I was diagnosed with hip dysplasia. <laughs> Who would have thought like, and I've got, I've got, I tore one labrum in high school, one labrum and my other hip is torn now. Like if I wouldn't have played three sports through high school, I would not have been able to play the two sports in college. Yeah. And so we're, we're not, I'm not going to push him to play just one sport. I, I want him, if he's going to play sports, I want him to be involved in multiple sports and 
and take a break and just be a kid um, and really just explore those. So I'm looking forward to being like a little soccer mom <laughs> running around cheering for him. And, but uh, yeah, if he, if, and if he chooses that athletics is not his path, then that's fine. I'll be a little heartbroken, but I will support him in whatever he decides to do. So that is perfect. Well, Renee, we appreciate your time. Once again, congratulations on being one of our Hall of Fame inductees for this year. I know we'll have you back here in, in campus, which will be coming home for you since you're from that yeah. Yeah. In, just a, in a few weeks. And we'll look forward to seeing you then. Great. Thank you so much again. An honor. Happy to talk to you this morning.